This is the Hear Me Out CC podcast, a place to hear stories from the deaf and hard of hearing people and from your host, Ahmed Khalifa. I've been very curious about what you've been doing. It's like, you know, turning on the subtitles, a campaign, it's not even a company, just a campaign. <laughs> so I just figured I need to find out who are the geniuses behind that and, uh, you know, talk about it, why it's important, all these things. So I want to start off with, for those who doesn't know, turn on the subtitles. What is it? What What is it about and why have you started it? Okay. Well, I mean, this all starts with a did you know? And that did you know, in this case, is if you turn on subtitles for children's television programs, it dramatically improves their literacy, which to me is just such a such a brilliant thing. Mm. Now, I've worked in education for, wow, must be coming up to 20 years, and I had never heard of this, I'm embarrassed to say. Now, I was sent through an article by my co-founder, uh, Ollie Barrett, uh, a little while back, um, which spoke about some of this academic research. And Ollie and I got together and we thought, well, well just, why is this not a thing if this is just so, so obvious? And it turns out that there are a number of different reasons for that. Um, the first is that technologically, up until pretty recently, this was really quite difficult to do. Yeah. The, the combination of uh, subtitles, frankly, being either absent or, or, or pretty poor was pretty much the, the de facto standard. Um, it was also really quite quite complex to do. You may remember having to hit 888 on on um, on your television set. On the teletext, of course. Yeah. 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 But, but then what would happen is if you turned the television off, uh, then you'd lose the setting. But now with video on demand, this is now much, much simpler to, to, to do. The second thing was really um, that this, this was an idea that was fundamentally locked in academia. I mean, you talk to academics, um, many of them already knew about this. In fact, there's you know dozens and dozens of different studies uh, on this exact topic, but they just hadn't really moved into the public consciousness. So, I mean, frankly, I have very few actual skills, but one thing I do have is a great tolerance for caffeine and uh, and a reasonable address book. So, so Ollie and I sat down and thought, well, maybe we could just make some introductions here. Maybe we could uh, introduce the broadcasters, the big tech platforms to this idea, to the academics that have been championing this, and hopefully we can see some positive good coming out of it. I think it's a great thing. I mean, for me, I depend on it a lot as someone who, even with a hearing aid on and I, I watch it with that on, it's still not enough. So I've been depending on subtitles so much that if the cinema you know, don't have it, don't have the option, I just don't go watch the latest movies or anything like that. And I remember those days that people outside the UK would not understand what we're talking about. We were saying the 888 on the teletext and every time I turn on the TV, watch program, automatically put in 888. And um, so much has changed since then. And I guess you're right, technology has made it easier, but it's still not perfect, especially because people use automated captions. So I'm guessing that's not going to be good enough, is it really, auto captions? No, they're not. Um, and certainly not at the moment, although a huge amount of investment is going into uh, improving uh, language recognition. So <clears throat> down the line, 
you know, I think it probably will be, but right now, no, it's not suitable. So really what we're talking about um, is, is content that already has subtitles. And the good news is that the vast majority of children's content does have it. In fact, 100% of BBC's content has subtitles. So, I mean, what we found, let me talk a little bit about what, kind of the sweet spot for this. So the evidence seems to suggest that the best impact for um for subtitles is the age group between about six and ten. So this is when children are really <clears throat> looking to improve their, their fluency, their speed, their comprehension, their vocabulary. And that's when it really, really kicks in. But there's also evidence to show to show that even you know below the age of five, this starts to have a, a positive impact. So, because this is the thing that people don't really think about is when you are reading to children, even toddlers and babies, you're reading books to them. It's not because they're going to understand every single word, is it? It's because they're going to pick up the word, it becomes part of their vocabulary, it's going to be part of their natural spoken language eventually. And just because they don't understand every single word, it doesn't mean that reading books is not useful. And I guess it's the same thing with what you're saying, isn't it? It's about children even if they're on the age, the age of five, if they see subtitles, they can still benefit from that. Yeah, categorically, that's that's the case. But I mean, we, we forget quite how important literacy actually is. I mean, in the UK, 28% of kids are behind when it comes to the reading proficiency. And that number rises to 45% for poorer families. But why is that in itself important? Well, it's important for a bunch of reasons, not least that if you if your level of literacy is, is low, you have three times the chance of being hospitalized, you have three times the chance of getting a criminal record, and you have three times the chance of having meeting an early death. So this is literally life and death. Wow. I never thought subtitles is something that could be life and death. And People don't understand, not only just from your perspective, that is one thing, but even, for example, in other situations, I have seen situations, you know, the, the news channels abroad where you have an emergency news. I kind of like one of these natural disasters are happening and there's a news telling people what to do and how to evacuate and stuff like that. But the thing is, there were no subtitles available. So that was definitely life or death in that situation because of, I think it was a, a flooding with the hurricane as well. I can't remember which country it was, but even subtitles like that is literally life and death. And it's just really, really interesting the way you put it. And I understand more now you're talking about the age of, you know, mainly six to 10, the children at that age. What I find even more interesting is that you don't even focus predominantly on children who are deaf or hard of hearing, are you? I mean, do you have any link to the topic of deafness at all? Not, not specifically, no. I mean, we have actually spoken to a number of the leading charities um, on this and, and of course, you know, the National Deaf, Deaf, National Deaf Children's Society for a start. Uh, and of course, they are very supportive of this. But the great thing about um, this, this particular program is that it can impact everyone, you know, deaf children, uh, um, hearing children, uh, everyone. Um, I mean, let me, uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about kind of some what 
the data actually shows on this and kind of what we are advocating for with these um, these broadcasters. I mean, what we're trying to get them to do, and actually the response so far has been overwhelmingly positive, you know, really hats off to, to the broadcasters um, and the tech companies. I mean, we've been welcomed with open arms. Um, what we're asking them to do is to turn on subtitles by default for children's programs aimed between the ages of six and ten. Now, that's not to say that people can't turn them off again if they really want. We hope they don't, but um, we, we need to give them that option. But for us, the default setting is is really, really important because it's actually it's the children who are sensibly being raised by, by television in some of the poorer households uh, across the world that we that we really want to help, that we really want to impact. And so just a standard public aware, awareness raising campaign isn't really going to do that. Um, but let me talk a little bit about perhaps some of the data that, that underpins this, because, I mean, I'm naturally, having worked in education, I'm naturally pretty skeptical uh, about a lot of these kind of magic bullet programs. And when I first heard about this, I'll confess, I was thinking, well, it sounds kind of interesting and logic dictates that it might have an impact. But really, how much impact does it actually have? I tell you, I was I was blown off my chair, and and I'm not the only one. I mean, we partnered with the National Literacy Trust, um, who went through this evidence, and they also said we've never seen anything like this, really. So, I mean, there's there's dozens of experiments I could run through, but let me just tell you about one in particular. There was one uh, in India where they put uh, subtitles on a TV program called Rangoli. This was a fairly big trial, thirteen thousand kids in total, and they watched. 30 minutes of this uh, this cartoon, um, this program, three times a week. Now, five years later, long trial, five years later, of the kids that were part of the control group, so those who hadn't been exposed to subtitles, 24% of them were functionally literate. However, of those that had had the intervention, 56% were functionally literate. I mean, it's a massive impact. Yeah, and that's, it, it seems so simple with subtitles. It seems like almost hard to believe that that's the power of subtitles that it can have on children and pretty much their entire future and their lives. Well, I mean, this is why Oli and I said we, just, we can't let this go. Um, we, we have to try and do something to, to support this. And so, yeah, so we're spending, spending our time... Uh, frankly, drinking a lot of coffee, talking to um, the likes of, of YouTube and Netflix and the BBC. In fact, I've just come back uh, from a, a great series of meetings over in LA and San Francisco uh, with the guys at YouTube. Um, and I'm all for that as well. I I think it's, it's a very interesting concept. You know, you want it on by default. So essentially, you want closed captioning because it's about the option of turning it off. And I think people will panic about having the subtitles permanently burned on the video itself, so, which is open captions. And uh, I imagine people are saying, there's no way I want that on my TV. I get frustrated. I get angry. And I've seen a number of tweets, you know, those campaigns about more options to watch cinema with subtitles, you know, during sociable hours and anything. And I've seen tweets, people saying, if I ever see that, I will leave the cinema. If I ever see that, I will complain. I would never come back, all that kind of stuff. He's a minority. Do you receive the same thing? Do you tend to, uh, do you have 
any kind of setback or people challenging against you or people are afraid? Have you had any kind of negative reaction to your campaign? Well, no, because if you really feel that you absolutely don't want to um, watch children's programs with the subtitles on, you're perfectly within your rights to turn them off. Um, so it's really not a problem. If you're going to get that exercised about it, then yeah, turn them off. But I think what we're, we're saying, and uh, we're saying this loudly and clearly, is that it really does need to be on by default. So what about then for foreign languages? Is it the same kind of impact in terms of those who are learning the foreign languages? Or do you tend to want to focus more on your main natural language first or how, how do you feel about that as well that's a really great question i mean the it's a whole different set of uh, of data around second language acquisition what we're really talking about here is same language subtitles okay so watching a program in english and having the uh, the subtitles in english now we are looking at, uh, at other languages as well, as in if the program is in Hindi or the program is in French, would the subtitles also be in French? Um, that's kind of step two, frankly. The, the piece around learning other languages, I mean, anecdotally, I know of dozens of people that have told me that they have improved their language acquisition by having subtitles in the language that they are trying to, to learn. But, I mean, that's not really within the remit of this particular program. Which is a good thing to hear as well, because, I mean, there are benefits to having subtitles anyway. There are benefits of learning foreign languages. There are benefits to all of these things. So, you know, it opens up a whole new world. If you are learning a new language, then you have access to a new culture. And then if you can access that culture in that foreign language, it's great. And I find it amazing that it's only acceptable to see subtitles on foreign films yet to see it in your own language then it's not acceptable it's a hindrance but it's not a hindrance in foreign films it's just uh, it's like a vicious cycle all the way but um, I have always been an advocate of it and I, I just try to push it more and more and more about it and you know I go out of my way to make sure for example when I do podcasts, there are transcripts, or when I'm doing my YouTube videos, put in the subtitles in there as well, and you can do it for free, or you can pay for it, all these things. But of course, technology has made it easier for myself and for all of us to create those, to create those subtitles, to give you the option of doing that. Do you feel that those technology platforms, do you think they are doing enough in terms of providing resources? Do you think they should have extra resources? You know, what kind of changes would you like to see from the broadcaster and the technology platform? Apart from having it on as default, what kind of changes would you like to see from them to take action on? Well, I think, you know, the, the news is overwhelmingly positive on this. Um, if you look at how many people are actually viewing content now with subtitles on especially you know people who are commuting as well and increasingly children are just growing up finding them they're just they're just there right i mean my kids complain when i turn them off <laughs> so oh. i mean i think so look really what we're saying here is that 
you know, a lot of children are watching quite a lot of television. In fact, in the UK, it's uh, 13 and a quarter hours per week on average that they watch. Now, I'm not here to say whether that is too much or too little. Um, but what I do know is that we could use that time better and we could use that time to improve literacy. And that's what we're talking about. So it's kind of uh, almost multitasking in a way. You can watch TV. I like that, yeah. But you can also learn something along the way, a new word, the spelling, the literacy. So, yeah, it's kind of multitasking in a very, very positive way, which is, it makes sense. And I think you made a very good point about, you know, video consumption. And especially, again, we talk about technology, it's increasing, and I'm sure it will increase every year. And there are numbers out there in terms of, like, you know, the amount of you know, minutes that's going to be watched on video on the internet per second is increasing. I think, you know, apparently there's over 1 million minutes of videos crossing the internet per second. And that's according to Cisco. And I think that's something that's mind-blowing. So there's going to be a whole new challenge there in terms of videos online. So we've mentioned YouTube, but then what about social media and, you know, those quick videos, those Instagram stories, those Snapchat, those quick stories that, you know, people don't really put a lot of time and effort into putting subtitles on. Do you have any issues around that? Are you fighting for changes to be happening on that as well? Or are you mainly focusing on the program, television programs, the movies that are on broadcasting channels and, you know, YouTube essentially? Well, it's very much the latter uh, at the moment. I mean, we're really focusing on what you would consider to be sort of tra fairly traditional television, but television that's on video on demand. So within that, I, I include the likes of YouTube and, and Netflix. So, you know, would we advocate for um, the likes of Snapchat to be putting stuff on? I mean, it's an interesting, interesting question. I think the answer is I don't know. Um, and I think that's probably something we would look at down down the line but we have a big enough challenge focusing on uh, the big broadcasters and tech platforms um with uh, traditional content at the moment so it's a big challenge as you say and you know if people want to help with that or get on board with that and you know push that campaign what can they do how can they help you in a way well, really all that we'd ask is that you just Turn on the subtitles. Um, you can do it manually now. You don't need uh, the, the likes of the big platforms to to do it for you. If you hear this podcast and um, you think this sounds like a sensible thing to do, uh, then we'd encourage you to do that. And just just tell others. If you want to read more about some of the research around it or some of our progress, by all means, go to turnonthesubtitles.org uh, and you can track our progress on there. And I've been reading it and I've been looking at the researches, which I find it very, very interesting. I'll put the link in the show notes; people can access it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like the numbers don't lie. You know, you can't fake it in terms of what you have found, the researches that you have found about the benefits of having, you know, subtitles. And the one thing I've noticed that if you've mentioned the word same language subtitling, and that's a phrase that I'll be honest that I have not heard of before. I've heard of, you know, other things like sign supported English and, you know, obviously British Sign Language and then there's other words around that. But I've never heard of same language subtitling. So could you explain what is SLS? Well, basically, it, it, um, 
it is what it says on the tin. It's the um, it's languages in the same title that you're hearing, the same language that you're hearing. So um, if you're watching a, a program and someone is speaking in English, this is about having the subtitles beneath it in, in English. So what about then, you know, there are subtle differences between subtitles and captions in, the, in terms of that captions, you tend to also describe anything around the spoken language. So for example, the sound effects, the music play, the background noise, all these things. Is that something that is also part of your campaign or are you focusing more on the actual spoken language instead? I think at this juncture, we are really looking at standard closed captions and that usually, usually, but not always, does include um, you know, sound effects in the background, etc. And that's fine. That's great. You know, there's, there's, that's a positive benefit as long as children understand the grammar uh, and what's where it's saying that this is something that is um, going on in the background rather than being spoken. But that doesn't seem to be something that confuses people. I think what is um, particularly interesting, though, is where you get that kind of variation between what you hear uh, on the on the screen and then what is what is typed and what we are advocating for is just making sure that that gap is closed um, that actually exactly what you hear is what you would see uh, in subtitles and that certainly is what Ofcom is uh, is being told in its uh, various different consultations with viewers. Okay, that sounds like a lot of plans, a lot of exciting plans and a lot of challenges ahead. So what is, uh, I mean, get to kind of hand it up and I want to learn more about yourself. I'm going to read more about it and see what else can I do in my part? Apart from I shout about it, the need for it from the deaf perspective. And I focus on that because that's personal to me and that's important to me and for many others. But as you've mentioned, it can benefit so many other people as well. What's the long-term goal in terms of you've got the immediate challenge of the broadcasting and these things, you know, do you have the next step? Do you have other avenues? Do you have other direction that you want to take with the Turn On The Subtitles campaign? Uh, we do. We do. Um, I think we have a big enough challenge with our, our short-term goal at the moment. But, um, for example, I was contacted by uh, the equivalent of Ofcom in Nigeria recently. And they have 68 million children under the age of 15. Um, and they're looking at you know whether they could, whether they should be mandating um, that this be rolled out across all of their, their channels. So there's a question there about, you know, what kind of organization do we become to enable you know, to support that? But I mean, that really is a question for, for, for next year, I think at the very earliest. That makes sense. I think it's great. I mean, um, I do appreciate you sharing a bit more insight and the stories behind it, why it's important. And I would definitely urge everyone to go to turnonthesubtitles.org. I'll put the link in the show note, check it out, why it's important. And it's nothing that will harm anyone, is it? You put it on, you're watching TV, and you're improving your literacy as well, especially for children. And it's awesome. And, uh, and I have to, obviously, from my perspective, from my personal you know, way, to thank you for that as well, because that's going to have a positive impact on my life as well, not just for children, but also will help other people as well, like myself, who are struggling to hear and pick up things as it is but it's going to help us as well. So I definitely have to thank you, if that's what I want to say, get to, for your effort into making it happen and for the 
future generations as well. So it's really, really awesome. Uh, that's very kind. I mean, I, I really don't think I can take much of the credit at all. I mean, the real credit needs to go to you know the amazing researchers and academics that have been working tirelessly on this for the last 10, 15 years. Um, and also to a number of organizations that have supported us and backed us through this. So not least the National Literacy Trust, SEVA, Annington Homes, you know, the list goes on. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people uh, working on this and I'm extremely grateful for their time and support. That's great. And as am I as well. So um, th- thank you, Henry, for your time. And obviously you pass on my thanks to Ollie and everyone else behind the scene and all the researchers and all the journalists and people writing it. And uh, I appreciate your time. So uh, thank you for that. Not a problem. And also, if you want to um, follow me on Twitter, I'm just at Henry Warren. And you're going to push me for what the, the Twitter handle is for um, for the tot. I think it's, oh my God, what is it again? Follow, just follow me and you'll find it. I'm on there too. I'll, I'll put the, yes, it's a good point. I'll put the link uh, to your Twitter uh, in the show notes so that anybody who wants to connect with you and have questions, they can go there as well. So uh, thank you, Henry. I appreciate that. All right. You take care. Thank you for listening to the Hear Me Out CC podcast, courtesy of hearmeoutcc.com. 